Welcome to Living Inside Out Today with host Joy Ross. Joy and her guests will help you learn how to think inside out so you can begin experiencing the God-given birthrights of joy, fulfillment, and freedom. Learn micro steps you can take today for macro results. It's time to dissect your everyday way of thinking. Now, here is your host, Joy Ross. Good day, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you are in the world. And welcome to Living Inside Out today. I am your host, Joy Ross, and I just want to invite you guys right now to settle in, relax, and if you can, go ahead and grab a pen and paper so that you can capture some of the tips and steps that we'll be sharing today. I want to welcome you if you are listening for the first time. I'm so happy that you've joined us. Welcome to the show. And if it is your first time, write to me. You can send me an email at livinginsideouttoday at gmail.com. Let me know that it was your first time listening and where you are in the world. And let me know what resonated with you today. What encouraged you? What helped you? What did you take away from today? And for all of my repeat listeners, I'm so glad that you guys are here. Welcome back. And you guys know that on this show, we are all about creating a space that for this hour, it's an hour of freedom from negativity. We are all about positivity, love, encouragement, enlightenment, and just sharing stories of personal transformation from the inside out. So here's the thing, whether I've met you before, or whether we've never met before. I have love in my heart for you guys. And I really feel connected because if you listen to this show, here's what I know about you. You're committed to personal development and you're committed as just trying to show up every day as the best version of you. And I share that commitment 100%. And I created this show with you guys in mind. My aim is to bring people on the show and to have conversations week after week that are uplifting, encouraging, inspiring, positive, and most importantly, to bring stories and conversations about personal transformation from the inside out. And so on each show, our intention is to share some tips, share some tools that you guys can begin using today to help you in your journey to show up as the best version of you and to experience joy, freedom, and fulfillment. Because here's the thing, you guys, transformation, it's all about step-by-step. Step. It's all about day-by-day. Day. And my personal transformation journey is really what prompted me and inspired me to start this show. And if you've listened before, you know a little bit about my story. If you've never listened before, my story is this. Simply put, for many years, I lived my life according to what I call a checkbox mentality. And that checkbox mentality was based on the social conditioning and the programming and the things that many of us are taught from very early age, that if we do these things, if we check these boxes, if we achieve <laughs> these goals, right, that at the end of all of that, There'd be a rainbow and a pot of gold and happily ever after. But you know what? Here's the thing. Here's what I found. Here's what I've received a deep revelation on. It's that there's no amount of education. There's no amount of money. There's no amount of titles or business success or 
living in the right zip code or any of that stuff that can bring true joy, fulfillment or happiness. Because contrary to what society tells us, reaching outside of ourselves to acquire and achieve things can never truly satisfy the things that our souls crave. Because the things that most of us humans truly desire, fulfillment, happiness, peace, joy, those things are a result of being rooted and grounded internally. I really believe that it's our thoughts, our beliefs, our mindsets, our faith, our sense of identity and self-worth. Those are the things that determine to what extent we experience true joy, freedom, and happiness. And so often, if you're like me, you, and maybe right now your experience is that you're finding yourself reaching outside of yourself to acquire things and attain external things in order to fill an internal need. And what you discover, what I discovered is that even once you have all of those things, those internal deep needs remain unfulfilled. So that was my experience until I began to look internally. And my personal journey from bondage to freedom, from lack to abundance, from anxiety to inner peace, from disappointment and disillusionment (laughs) to fulfillment and joy, and most importantly, the steps that I took to get on the other side of that journey My story is documented in my books. And so I want to share information with you through these books. So if you are right now struggling and finding yourself cycling in and out of habits, patterns, addictions, perhaps things that you know are not really serving you, but you've tried and tried to stop and you can't get out of that loop. I think that in my book, How to Break the Cycle of Temptation, Addiction, and Guilt from the Inside Out, A Pathway to Freedom, Fulfillment, and Purpose, you'll find in there a blueprint that worked for me, and I believe that those same steps can work for you. If right now you have trust issues, if you find yourself constantly feeling heartbroken, disappointment, disillusionment in your relationships, whether it's romantic, whether it's friendships, family relationships, even business relationships. I believe that there is a blueprint, there are steps, there's a pathway that worked for me that can work for you. And you'll want to check out the truth about trust, the secret to thriving in any relationship. You can find both of those books on Amazon, Uh, Just put my name in the search box, Joy Ross, J-O-I-R-O-S-S, or better yet, go on my website, joyross.com, click the products tab, because you'll be, be able to link over to get the books, but you'll also find some free resources on my website that you can download. But enough about me. I'm so grateful on the show that I get to bring people on and have conversations with other people whose lives have been transformed from the inside out and people who are really using, committed to using their gifts, their time, their talents, their resources to serve others. And so my hope is by hearing my story and by hearing the story of my guests, including the awesome guests that I have today, you guys will know this. You'll know that you're not alone. You'll know that you matter. You'll know that you're created for a purpose 
And that no matter what you're facing right now in this moment, today, while you're listening to this show, here's the thing. If transformation could happen for me, and if it could happen for the guests on this show, guess what? It can and it will happen for you too. So sit back, relax, because I know this for sure. Something is going to be said today that's going to help you take just one small step forward today toward your journey to freedom, fulfillment, joy, and transformation. Because again, that's how it happens. One step at a time, day by day. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and introduce my guest, you guys. I am smiling from ear to ear. Those of you who might see this video, you'll see that, the huge smile on my face. I'm so excited today because I've got in the virtual studio with me, Sean Smith. Sean is a master results coach. He is an author, a speaker, an actor, a poet, a songwriter and owner of Elite Success Systems, a personal development and human healing company, which he founded in 2006. Sean's company has helped transform hundreds of thousands of lives, you guys, around the world. He has dedicated his life's work to creating neurotransformation in all areas of human behavior, blending leadership and healing methodologies to produce lasting change in the mind and the body. Sean was named North America's greatest, next greatest speaker in 2013. And he's one of the very few people on the planet to deliver two spoken word TEDx performances. Uh, One of those was Dear Racism, A Breakup Letter from a White Man, and The Power of Vulnerability in Men. Sean also co-wrote, produced, and starred in an award-winning spoken word short film with Lisa Nichols called Let's Grow. Sean has spoken and trained all over the globe, including in Canada, Colombia, Costa Rica, Greece, India, and throughout the United States. And full disclosure, I just want to add that Sean is one of my teachers and coaches, and I'm so blessed to have him in my life and so blessed to have him on the show today. Sean, welcome to the show. My goodness, Joy. It's so good to be here. It's so refreshing to hear just what you shared um, in your own journey and not looking externally for the things that we think are going to help make us happy and they you know, they, they just don't. That's not the way it works. So I love your mission. I love who you are. I love listening to you teach. And I'm really thrilled to be here. Thank you so much. I am really thrilled that you're here, too. So, Sean, I like to start each show um, because I really believe that one thing that connects us all as humans is no matter what our walk of life, no matter what our profession, uh, no matter the color of our skin, or where we live, or any of that, if we're humans on the planet, we all have challenges and obstacles that come up that we have to navigate. So I'm going to ask you, thinking about maybe the past 24 to 48 hours, or this past week, what's one challenge that you've had to face? You can answer it either from a personal perspective or in business. And what steps did you take to overcome it? 
Well, uh, I, I'm on this kind of perpetual path of who am I without? Mm. As we grow and evolve, you know, we, we seek relationships and we seek new levels of success and we seek status and all the things that we want to hit our goals and so forth. That process is also one of unbecoming. When we make room for the relationships that we want, then a lot of the relationships that we're familiar with need to end or they need to change. And so it's really challenging for all the humans on the planet. Like you said, we have a very common uh, journey. It's really challenging for us to let go of what's familiar mm. because we've got our identities attached to it. We know what to expect, even if we don't enjoy certain relationships or business roles or personal roles or anything else in our life, even if we don't enjoy it, we know it. Mm. And the power of knowing something is really important to the unconscious mind and just to our human experience. Mm -hmm. So I'm in this perpetual journey of wanting new things. But understanding that with new things, with the birth of new comes the death of old. Mm. And who am I without is the constant question that I'm asking. Who am I without my daughter living in our home? She's been out of the home several years now, but that was a massive shift for me because I've always been, not always, but you know, for 20 years, I had two children in my house mm. and now I only have one. Mm. And who will I be when my son leaves? Specifically over the last 48 hours, uh, I'm questioning who am I without my business the way I've always known it. Mm. I've been tied to my business. I've done some amazing things. I've been very blessed. You, you mentioned a lot of them in the intro and I appreciate that. Uh, and what I want for the next 10 years of my life doesn't fit what I've built for the last mm. 20 years of my life, really. So there's so much familiarity, you know, whether that looks like structure, you know, having this office that I'm in right now, who, who mm. would I be without this office? Mm. Having the employees and the contractors and the coaches that I have right now, doing all the videos that I do right now and coaching on the different days, you know, all of that is being scrutinized right now. Mm. And the answer though is exciting. It's, it's scary. It's exciting. But the short answer is who would I be without all of that? I would be free. Mm. I would be more free to move. I would be more like, like literally just move around, potentially move locations, but mm. I would be more free to create and to write more poetry and to do more films and you know do just do a lot of the the creative entrepreneurial stuff that I'm wanting to do. Mm -hmm. So that's where I'm at. Who am I without? And it's a terrifying question. I love that you asked it right mm -hmm. out of the gate. Mm -hmm. It's a terrifying question for most of us. But it's the only way for us to grow into things, circumstances, new realities that we don't currently know. It's to detach from all that we currently do. Oh my gosh, Sean, I love that 
that's so typically you. Um, it's so deep. It's so rich. It's so layered. And there was so much jam packed in there. Like that really, to me, was a, a mini life lesson, right? Mm. Because if we are wanting to, and you guys know on this show, I like to repeat back my notes because I'm always taking notes. So here's what I wrote down from what you just said. And to me, this is broader than just a challenge today or a challenge this week. This is about the journey of life, right? As we are growing and transforming as humans, which we are always in a state of evolution, there is going to be this constant process of, as you said, with the birth of the new comes the death of the old. Mm -hmm. So literally every day is a new day. That means there are some things that need to be left in yesterday. Yeah. And wow, I love what you said about our relationships. They need to evolve. They do, because as we evolved, evolve what once served us may no, no longer, right? Right. So there's just so much in there um, that raises so many questions. And I think we're going to pick this up and continue this conversation about evolving and transforming. And what does that look like? And how do we actually navigate that journey successfully, right? So you guys, uh, we're about to come up on our first commercial break. We haven't even touched the surface with Sean, so don't go anywhere. Stay with us and we'll be right back. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. If you are wondering why you can't seem to attain that feeling of joy, fulfillment, and freedom in your life, then you need to listen to Living Inside Out today. Your host, Joy Ross, will help guide you away from the outside-in way of thinking you've been taught to live. Joy and her expert guests will dispel myths and expose the beliefs that subconsciously hold us hostage, preventing us from experiencing true joy, fulfillment, abundance, and freedom. Living Inside Out today. Thursdays at 9 a.m. on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Greider. Each show will focus on a central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel with a replay of the show Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are listening to Living Inside Out Today with Joy Ross. Have a question for Joy or her guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now back to the show. Here again is Joy Ross. Hey, you guys, welcome back. We are here with Sean Smith today. And just before the break, 
just in the first question out of the gate, Sean dropped some deep, deep, deep wisdom that I believe if we just heard nothing other than that, we could all take with us and carry forward into the rest of our lives what he just said. And so, Sean, I want to pick up on your statement of with the birth of the new comes the death of the old and the reality that it's just so profound to me because the reality is, is we are continually evolving. And like I said before the break, with each new day, yesterday's gone. So we are in this constant cycle, whether we're thinking about it or not, of newness and really the dying part is always mm. there. But we fear death, right? We fear letting go. So it's like this, this struggle that I think many of us find ourselves in, how do we move forward and how do we actually do this dance of life mm. where we can learn to soar and master letting go? How do we do that? What do you, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's a, it's a very big conversation. It's a deep conversation. And part of it is, as you said, it's, it's what our association is to the death of the old. What I've learned, one of the most important pieces for us to learn, I think, so that we understand why the journey feels the way it feels and what we can do about it is to recognize how committed our unconscious mind and our bodies are to familiar, mm -hmm. how committed we are to the sense of familiar. And if you break that down, familiar has the root word of family. And so whatever is familiar to us has a family-like connection. That doesn't necessarily mean positive, uh -huh. but it means like family. Even if it's a rocky family or if it's an unhealthy relationship, there's still a sense of belonging a sense of knowing, a sense of connection, all built into this idea of family. So what a lot of people will do in personal development, this is what not to do, mm -hmm. is you know we'll get all emotionally drunk, we'll go to a seminar, read a book, or the calendar changes to January 1st, and we'll get all fired up, and we'll be all motivated. And then we'll want to make these huge pie-in-the-sky goals in those moments of high motivation, we believe that we can do it and we'll take action toward it. And sometimes we'll even create some of that success. We'll actually hit uh -huh. some of those goals. But one of the big mistakes that we make based on what I just said is that we leave the experience of family behind and we head off into the future fueled by motivation. Mm. The problem is that motivation will dissolve. Oh. And as soon as it dissolves, now you're sobered up and no longer have the feeling of family. Mm. When that happens, the human brain and the human body will do whatever they can to go get the feeling of family mm. again. And what that looks like for most of us is sabotaging our way back into our old associations to family. The reason I think this is really critical to understand is 
when we struggle going after our goals, it's not just a lack of motivation. Mm-hmm. I want everybody to understand this is biological, you guys. We have a deep core need as humans to experience family. Mm. So what that means is if we do not give ourselves the experience of family as we continue to grow, there will be a point where most of us will outgrow our experience of family. And that's when we will stop growing Mm. because we just don't ever want to leave the experience of family. So what does that mean? What can we do? Uh Make sure that as we grow, we stay connected to an experience of family. Now I'm choosing my words carefully. I'm not saying stay connected to family Uh because for a lot of people, that sounds like your immediate family or your biological family. Mm -hmm. No, it's, and it very rarely is actually, it's, it's rare that our biological families are the experience of family that we need as we grow. It's usually Mm -hmm. not that. So we need to create the experience of family. And that usually looks like support groups, masterminds, coaches, therapists, counselors, good friends, people that you can just share safe space with. We have to maintain that experience of family as we grow. Otherwise, we're just going to hit the capacity of our growth. And then as we get more and more motivated, it actually causes our wheels to spin and we can start going in the wrong direction if we've gone beyond our capacity, but we're still motivated to keep going forward. So I hope people can understand that we are up against our human wiring, our human biology, not just a motivation concept. Sean, I love that so much because to me, when you, when you made the point that we are wired biologically to connect to family, so we keep coming back to what's familiar, that sums up what's at the core when we cycle in and out of habits, addictions, all those things that I spoke about at the top of the show. And so if you're listening right now and you recognize yourself in this pattern and you had a little aha moment, like, oh, that's why I keep going back to these maybe negative or destructive patterns or relationships. I just want to triple underline what Sean said, it's a function of your biology. So there's nothing wrong with you. You are not a bad person. If you've got these patterns in your life that you keep trying to shake, but then going back to them, and there is a path forward. It's a matter of, as Sean said, finding new family finding the new familia, right? Finding the new familiar and incorporating that to support you as you move forward. And Sean, on that note, I want to transition into neurotransformation because a lot of this also is closely linked to Mm -hmm. what is actually happening in our minds. So neurotransformation is something that's near and dear to your heart. You spent your life's work 
in this area. For listeners who don't know what neural transformation is, can you tell us what that is and um, why are you so passionate about neural transformation and doing that work? Essentially, neurotransformation. So transformation means change of formation. That's what that word literally and scientifically means, a change of formation. Neurotransformation is a change of formation in our neurology. So that just means we feel things, like literally we can feel new things that we couldn't feel before. Or we stop feeling things that we used to always feel, but it's been holding us back. Part of neurotransformation is healing traumas, our connection to the things that have really hurt us in the past. Or part of trans neurotransformation is stepping into the embodiment and the physical certainty of who we are. Could be somebody who's always been afraid of speaking in public, do the neurotransformational work and they can get on stage and have no fears. Or, or have like a completely different neurological experience, right? Or triggers, you know, people that have associations to maybe certain people that have hurt them or circumstances in their lives or locations in the world or whatever. And we can dissolve those associations. And mm. you, you mentioned uh, addiction. And I just want to add this piece to that. My experience with addiction not i i've never had a, a personal experience with substance abuse i've been addicted to plenty of things you know mm -hmm. the, my phone social media mm -hmm. shopping you know mm -hmm. success and like we have all kinds of addictions that are not just reserved for uh you know what society calls addictions which is primarily like substance abuse or i know there are other things gambling things like that mm -hmm. but we all have, I think, lower level addictions of what we would call like maybe lower intensity or they just don't get as much um, focus. And I believe that the majority of addictions are not designed to provide something. They're designed to stop something. Mm -hmm. Meaning when people get high or people get drunk or people go on a shopping spree or people look at porn or people go gamble or whatever their addiction mechanism is, they're not trying to gain a feeling. Mm -hmm. They're trying to numb a feeling. That's usually what it's about. And that's neurological, right? Mm -hmm. So if, if I feel depressed and I inject something in my body that numbs my feeling of depression, that feels better to me than the depression. Mm -hmm. It actually isn't happiness. It's not the opposite end of the spectrum but it at least stops the pain momentarily. And then of course, as you know, and I think most people know this, when we sober back up, the combination, the recipe that was creating the depression, that hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. So now we just need a new addiction or we need to do more of that thing or we need to do it longer or whatever. So the reason I think this is really critical is part of growing, whether we're wanting to get out of addictive patterns or we're just wanting to get to new phases of our life, mm -hmm. part of that is intentionally creating new associations, which are neurological, family being one of them, like we talked about, but it could mm -hmm. be joy, 
It could be happiness. It could be peace. As we grow, we need to continually actively create feelings and connections and associations that we want to have and not just stop the ones that we no longer want to have. We have to replace them with something new. And so what that brings into the conversation is the internal connection to family because we can create a connection with ourselves that then gives us at least a big piece of that familiar association without anybody else. So that internal family can now go with us wherever we go, regardless of who's around, we have an internal family that we bring with us. But that can only happen with what I believe is neurotransformation. That can only happen when we change the way that we feel in our bodies and that we connect with ourselves. Wow. Once again, you dropped about 10 layers of things that people could take with them and live off of that and thrive for life. Um, I love what you said about being intentional about creating these new associations. And this is really causing me, Sean, to think about family in a different way that, first of all, like you mentioned at the beginning, it's we're wired biologically to crave family, right? But we can we can also actively, you said, create essentially our own internal family. So to me, that conjures up thoughts of, ah, getting in tune with internally, what gives me a feeling of joy? What gives Mm -hmm. me a feeling of happiness, right? Because when we know and identify what those things are, we can intentionally try to surround ourselves and put put ourselves in situations where we can experience more of that. Because when those things are present on the inside, and I agree with you, and based on the literature and my research and writing the book and my personal experience as well with addictions and habits, when we're filled up on the inside with new things. So where we once had depression, anxiety, fear, worry, when we find ways to fill up with joy, peace, hey, I'm okay. I'm okay to just sit. I don't have to go out and be shopping or spending money. I'm really satisfied and content on the inside. That's everything. Yeah. It's everything because you can control your experience internally. And I think another piece of human behavior in general, but the addictions especially, is that we, inside of our addictive patterns, we give ourselves the experience of control Hmm. because the feelings that are out of control really freak us out. I mean, they disrupt us as humans. So we don't like out of control feelings. We would rather have in control feelings, even if the in control feelings are not healthy or positive. And we know that Mm -hmm. we're still in control of them. So a big piece of addiction also, and again, human behavior change is seeking control. And avoiding the feeling of out of control. And I love the way that you highlighted it back, Joy, because family 
is a construct. Mm. You know, we have mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, cousins, all that stuff. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's not the same as the feeling. Mm -hmm. So we can have a family all around us with all the box checked, right? Mm. Every like our mother's there, our father's there. We have the perfect amount, whatever that looks like, you know, for you to all the family, all the boxes are checked and -hmm. not have a sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. Or we can have almost none of the boxes checked and have a single parent, or maybe we don't have our parents and we just have a brother or sister or somebody else looking after us. Mm -hmm. And we can have the feeling of family, Mm -hmm. even though all those family boxes aren't checked. So this distinction that we're making is so critical to understand that our feeling of family is Mm -hmm. what we're talking about. And that isn't determined only by whose family you were born into. Yeah, I love that. And because that's so encouraging, I think for people who are listening right now, who maybe they don't have family, maybe they've lost their parents, maybe they don't have siblings, but the encouraging and uplifting core of what you're saying to me is it's not even so much about that. It's what you said. It's about creating a feeling of family. So we get to choose what that looks like. We get to choose who those people are that we want to connect with. And it may or may not be our biological family. Um, I'm encouraged by that. And I'm sure that the listeners are too. You guys, it's ready for our second, but don't worry, this is going to be our last break. So stay with us. We're going to shift gears and get into something that I know will be so helpful to all of us. Um, So don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Do you dream about success but wonder how to get there? Hillary DeCesar and her guests will reveal how they relaunched into lives they only dreamt about. Their stories will inspire and surprise you and ignite your inner sparks. The Relaunch, Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Voice America is available on your Google connected device. Okay, Google, play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. You are listening to Living Inside Out Today with Joy Ross. Have a question for Joy or her guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now back to the show. Here again is Joy Ross. And welcome back, you guys, to Living Inside Out today. We are here with Sean Smith. And Sean, I want to pivot now um, because it's just fun to talk about as many (laughs) topics as we can. So I want to shift our attention to something that's deep 
But yet something I know you have a unique perspective on, it's going to help so many people. So I wanted to make sure we get this in. Um, So we've talked on this show quite a bit about COVID and the effects of COVID and with respect to personal transformation, you know, sort of how did you deal with that? What did you learn about yourself? How were you affected by all the social and racial unrest and, you know, starting with George Floyd and everything that happened after that? And I want to bring this up with you because for two reasons. One, I think as a white male and a business owner, your experience, I think, probably yielded a perspective that is um, we haven't really heard that much about. And I also know that you did a TEDx talk, Dear Racism, a breakup letter from a white man that I have listened to four times now. It is phenomenal. You guys, write this down. I highly encourage. It doesn't matter what your ethnicity or gender, you will absolutely be blown away by Sean's TEDx talk, Dear Racism, a breakup letter from a white man. It's it's just, there are no words to express the impact, how profound and your perspective. So I wanted to allow you to talk about that topic and how you were affected in sort of what your journey was, how you transformed as a result of the racial, in particular, the racial um, unrest and everything that's followed and all the divisiveness actually that is, that exists is still, you know, um, in your perspective on what we need to do to heal the divide. Yeah. It actually is very simple, even though it seems so wildly complex. And I don't mean in any way to be dismissive. I, I, you know, as you were just asking that question, Joy, I, I had a thought that I don't remember having before. I am lucky, I think, um, uh, to have done so much personal work before I got really actively involved in a lot of really divisive situations. Mm. So, but now <laughs> I'm just cycling through this, this journey of mine, which uh, I really appreciate the question. When I was younger, I wanted to be a lawyer and I prided myself on being able to win every argument. And I had like a standing offer to anybody that knew me as a kid. I will debate you on any topic. And then after I beat you, we'll turn around, we'll switch sides and I'll beat you again with oh. your side. Right. Oh. I'll beat you with the side that I just beat you with. Right. Or, or I'll, I'll, I'll win against. So I, and, and I knew how to debate and I actually like I, I studied it, right? So I, okay. I ended up being pretty good as a debater and being able to pick apart arguments and use logical reasoning and all that kind of stuff. So I've lived the majority of my life like 
wanting to win the debates. Mm. And then when I got into a lot of the discussions online, primarily after George Floyd was murdered, mm-hmm. and a lot of those racial tense uh, conversations, racially tense. And then I started to get into a lot of political discussions. Now, mm. I truly hate politics. I always have. I actually made a promise to myself that I would die never voting and never knowing what a Democrat or a Republican was. And and I held that promise to myself until three years ago. Mm. What brought me into politics was actually the, the lawyer side. You know, Trump was impeached and... I remember hearing something like now his side was going to be able to determine whether there was going to be a jury Mm -hmm. or a trial. And if there was, if there's going to be evidence. Now I have a law degree and I'm like, Mm -hmm. what do you, how can there be a trial and how can the defendant get to choose if there's going to be a jury Mm -hmm. and evidence? Like I was offended on behalf of criminal justice, which Mm -hmm. then got me into the political sphere. And then I actually, that's when I learned that Trump, was a Republican president. I had no idea what what Republican was. Mm. I never wanted to know. The reason I bring that up is because I, and this is why I said I was a little lucky earlier. I was not indoctrinated in any political sense. Mm -hmm. We didn't talk about politics. I'm ignorant politically. So I didn't have a side. I didn't have a me versus you side in politics because I didn't even Mm. know who the teams were. And because of that, on top of like 15 plus years of personal development work, right? Mm. How do we look at the beliefs that we have and what are our attachments and what are our identities and who am I without all the stuff that we talked about early on? Mm. I was able to take a lot of these personal development concepts and then just apply them to the political spectrum, Mm. apply them to the racial uh, divisiveness, apply them to all the fears in society. And that's why I say it's actually quite simple. The simplistic reality is that we live in a world of us versus them. We live in a place where, Mm. now this ties back to family. Part of the reasons that we get so connected with our tribes is because our tribes who believe the same things as us give us the sense of family. Mm. That's why one of the main reasons why there's so much tribalism right now. And anybody that has a different opinion is like immediately an enemy Mm. in, in today's climate, especially online. Mm. And so going back to your question specifically about racism and George Floyd, I've always been what I would consider a, an, an open, you know, I'm putting this in quotes, uh, those of you that can't see me, I'm air quoting, not racist white guy. Right. Mm-hmm. And I would have told you, I grew up with a lot of black people. My first girlfriend was a black woman. Uh, like I could give you all the boxes to check according mm-hmm. to, you know, my, my, my white understanding of what racism is mm-hmm. so that I could stay on the side of not being racist. Right. Because white people, very few white people actively associate with racism. Mm. 
there are some very fringe groups that you know are are all about hatred and stuff like that but mm. 99% of white people want to not be racist like we don't mm. want to be racist right and i used to have arguments with my friends all the time have how not racist i am and i would want to convince them and you know and i had all my debating skills right, right. so i was going to prove to you that i'm not racist i got a bunch of evidence and then i had a conversation with a, a black friend of mine his name's dominic we grew up together and best of friends you mm -hmm. know played baseball together went to school together i mean we we were we grew up like brothers together and i was arguing with him one day about how not racist i was and he's my like one of my best friends, right? And I was going in on, you know, you can't say this, Dominic, and you can't accuse me of this. And and then he made a statement that fundamentally changed my whole life. Mm. He said, Sean, I know you, I know your family, we grew up together. I know you are not consciously racist, but you've been produced by a racist machine mm. that benefits you more than it benefits me. And I had been actively screaming into the phone. I was in a uh, an airport. Uh -huh. And when he said that, Joy, I remember just stopping. Uh -huh. Like my mind stopped, my breath stopped, I stopped talking, I stopped breathing. Uh -huh. Because that statement was so profound and it's also something that I couldn't argue against. But here's the beauty in that statement. And he didn't, do this consciously. We've talked about this many times. Mm -hmm. He didn't do this consciously, but what he did is he allowed me to identify a different enemy. Oh. It's not me versus you. It's not us versus them as people. Oh. And one of the, the, I'm going to use this word intentionally, but not dismissively one of the juvenile conversations I believe we have inside of racism is who is racist and who isn't yeah. racist. Mm. That's going nowhere. We'll never solve anything with that because everybody who actually is racist, they don't want to admit that they're racist. Right. So there's always going to be pushback. So what Dominic did with that statement is he allowed me to realize I'm not the problem. I'm not the bad guy. I've been produced by a machine mm. and I've just been produced differently than Dominic. That was the impetus. And that was like 10 years ago. That was the impetus of me removing myself from the associations that I had mm -hmm. to racist, racism, white people, black people, mm -hmm. all of those things. I had to remove myself. I had to detach so that I could then actually take a look at reality, oh. take a look at the history of this company, of this country, mm -hmm. and specifically going into the, the talk. And I know we don't have a whole lot of time for me to tell the, the entire story, but everybody can watch the TEDx, as you said. Mm -hmm. um, what happened recently last year is I became detached so much to the point where the entity of racism became personified to me. I started seeing it as a person. I started seeing it this like a big puppet master. Uh -huh. And then it was me and Dominic against it. Uh -huh. 
Then it's me and you against it. It's white people and black people against it. There's a common enemy that we can then connect with each other, family, Mm -hmm. and protect ourselves against or fight against. Until that happens, we will go nowhere. As long as there are humans on both teams, we're not going to solve anything because the humans will always fight to be the good guys. They're always going to fight to be right. They're always going to fight for the other person to be wrong. Mm. There has to be humans collectively against an entity that's bigger than the humans. That applies to politics. It applies to all the phobias out there. It applies to racism. We have to find commonality and family inside of our differences and then recognize that the differences actually make the family stronger. Then we can take a look at the machine. Mm. And until we make that shift in worldview, virtually all conversations we have are, are going to go nowhere other than cement our positions. Yeah. I love that. You guys, I'll give you the title again. The TEDx talk is Dear Racism, a breakup letter from a white man. Sean, you, like, can we please just have you go on a national tour and speak in every corporate boardroom, speak to every C-suite, speak to as many people as you can with this message because I have never before heard anybody break this down the way that you have. And it's so profound. And I think you've hit on the solution. The solution is exactly what you said. We need to stop talking about this as who's right and who's wrong. Remove the who, focus on the it, and then unite together as one family. Ah. Humans. Humans unite as a family to attack this entity, which is it. Racism is the thing that's dividing us. So it's all of our enemy. I love that. Can you believe we're out of time, Sean? I know. We we just have to do it again. We do. So <laughs> you guys, this is part one is what I'm going to call this because we we clearly have not even scratched the surface with all the wisdom that resides inside of Sean. And I'm just happy to have been able to bring you on today to share um, with just a little bit of what's in you. And so we're definitely going to have you back. You guys, I want to know what resonated with you today. Sean, if people want to connect with you real quick, how do they do that? How do they find you? I am Coach Sean Smith everywhere online. S-E-A-N. That's my website, my handles on all social media. I'm easy to find Perfect. And you guys, I'll leave you with this final tip. And you know, around here, tip is an acronym that stands for transformation is possible. And it so is. And I really hope that you were inspired, encouraged, uplifted today. And transformation is a step-by-step journey that begins with you making a choice to live inside out today. Until next week, love and peace. Thanks for listening to Living Inside Out Today with Joy Ross. We hope today's episode has been insightful and helped open the doors in your life to the joy, fulfillment, and freedom you have been seeking. Until we talk again, have a beautiful week.